Welcome to the Inside the Journey podcast. This is episode number 37 for Sunday, January 26, 2014. I'm Nelson DeWitt. And I'm John. And we are the creative team behind the documentary film Identifying Nelson Buscando a Roberto. Today's episode is called... <laughs> can't laugh when we're doing the intro. Yeah, I can. The intro is very serious, John. All right. So today's, today's episode is called What's in Your Bag? The title comes from a series of videos on YouTube where photographers or videographers open up their bags and they talk about, they, they show their equipment. And we're going to do kind of an audio version of this. And this uh, podcast idea was submitted by Lindsay Welch, who is actually, she's just joined the team and is helping us do some outreach. So it's great to have her. And thank you for the, uh, for the idea. We're going to, yes, we're going to run with this and we're not sure where it's going to go, but I, I'm sure it'll be great. I think that the main idea behind this is we don't want to talk too much about the, the technical details of the equipment that we're using, but I think it was interesting for me to see the way that the different pieces of equipment were used to do an interview. And, and John, you had some comments, which will, would which we'll get into about the equipment that I thought were very interesting as I was, as we were filming down in El Salvador. Why don't we do a, a little bit of background first and kind of catch people up. John, why don't, why don't you tell them about, um, you know, we actually have only filmed on location one time. So maybe it would be helpful to kind of just recap what that, what that was. Well, we were in El Salvador for 10 days, um, shooting around a trip for the Day of the Disappeared Children, which is an annual commemoration, acknowledgement of the disappeared children, what happened. Um, and we, we actually, we've shot, you know, a couple of times with you as well, just pickup videos where we did interviews or sound bites from you, Nelson. Yeah, that, so. that's a good point, too. Uh, maybe we'll come back to that at the end, just the way that we shoot like our, our, our process. And so I guess to, to go over the equipment that we use, just so we can kind of get that out of the way, uh, we shoot with a Canon 7D, which is a DSLR camera. And it's actually, it's not really movie camera. It's a film camera. Um, and it is, uh, I wouldn't, it's not top of the line, but it's not bottom of the line either. It's probably a mid-range unit. And then we have a nice lens on there uh, that we use um, for interviews. John, do you know what the specs on the lens are? I think it was 24, it was a zoom 24 to 105. So it'll go kind of wide and, and it'll also telescope a little bit. Yeah. And so the telescopes are, are nice. Basically, those numbers mean how, you know, if you're doing a wide angle, do you have lots of uh, uh, scenery in the shot, or are you doing more of a portrait-style interview? That allowed us to film in very tight spaces as well as outdoors because the, the cameras, you know, they run on batteries, and uh, they're, they're quite portable. Well, to me, what was cool is um, 
we were very unintimidating and low profile, and I think it makes a difference with the interviews. We literally, I, I could carry all the backpack, all the gear in a backpack, and and holding a tripod. Um, and then when it gets set up in front of somebody's face, instead of them getting all nervous about some big interview being done in some two-foot camera, it's a camera that is a little bigger than probably what they have around the house, but looks like a camera they've owned, you know? Um, well, well, when you and, say... And uh, they don't uh, freeze up in front of it. Yeah. Well, when you say a uh, two-foot camera, what you're really talking about are those big sort of television cameras that you see news reporters with, right? Sure. Right. So and this is this is uh, a heavy version of a, a camera that you're, you know, that you've got laying around the house. <laughs> yeah, it's the um, kind that families will take on on vacation, right? To like Disney mm -hmm. World or whatever. So people are and used really to seeing it. I really do think it. it makes a difference when people are doing an interview. Um, with their ability to just forget that the camera is there, with no training, no um, not having done a lot of interviews, I think also just literally you conducting the interview, um, it just the technology disappeared, and I think that was that was neat. That was that was really cool, and uh, 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 you know you could have spent a million dollars and not gotten a better result. You know. Yeah. So we had the. We had the 7D, which was our primary camera, and then I had a T2i, which was the secondary, like the reverse shot. So we had these two very compact small cameras in, uh, you know, some pretty interesting locations. So we were able to shoot in living rooms, right? We did two interviews in living rooms, I think. Uh, we shot outside uh, with chickens. That was very interesting. Uh, we shot in an office, just a, a regular, or actually it was more of a conference room. Uh, but we were able to have these very intimate, close conversations because the gear that we were using wasn't, you know, so so in your face, uh, which mm -hmm. was fascinating. And then for, for audio, we had a little, um, uh, it's called H4N, it's a handy recorder. And then you just connect that up to the little lapel mics. And, you know, I I mean, I, I'm not, I don't know much about sound, but I think this mic sounds amazing. And I've done, used well, it had, on a, it had It's a really good recorder because, yeah, it's $300 for what you used to have to buy thousands of dollars of equipment. Just to get yeah. But with digital recording, it just, uh, it does the same thing. And, uh, or relatively. And, and then the mics, you know, the mics are each seven or eight hundred dollars each. So that's, that, you know, that's that's a big part of it. And people, you can't just use a camera mic, like. Right. Yeah. And and so, that's one of the things that you told me early on is the importance of sound, you know, and how. You know, we just use our iPod headphones for this podcast. <laughs> right. <laughs> well, I mean, we we oh, could, well. but we budget, we budget runs out somewhere. Yeah, but well, we only have one of these mics, so we can't we can't yeah. both be using. It. Mm -hmm. uh, but yeah, like the the sound quality that you get out of that is amazing, and it really brings the images to life. I guess I I, I don't know. It just it there's a lot of you get a lot of clarity for from that. And to your point of being compact, 
you know, something that you told me, I, I, I believe towards the end of the, of our week in El Salvador was, you know, you said 15 years ago, we wouldn't be able to do this without having 10 suitcases, 15 suitcases, half of which would be filled with film, you know, and, and that, yeah, I mean, we a lot of batteries too, like big, with the bigger cameras, it takes big battery packs to run them. And so we would have showed up at your uncle's house with, with like six big cases. I mean, we were even talking seven, eight years ago. Six big cases of stuff and set up would have taken an hour and a half. And, and uh, you know, it, it, it just would have, I think, intimidated him. And I'm not just talking about him. I'm talking about anybody. Um, to where it's not like you can't get over it, but it's something you you have to spend the first quarter of the interview working through. And hopefully, sometimes you get there. Sometimes you don't. Whereas I would say in every one of these interviews, it it that melted away. And some of that's also because we had Alex and Yvonne, and they were great, um, and uh, and very helpful. And but it, some of that's also the equipment and, and uh, just sort of disappearing. Yeah, but it was very compact. And then, you know, we the, the other thing that, that just uh, came back to me right now was the fact that you said, you know, when we did the, the film transfer, so every night we would make a copy <laughs> of the interview you know, and that was my job. We that became copies, my job. We? Yeah. We, oh yeah, that's right. We had, uh, I think three hard drives and we made two copies. So one would go with you, one would stay with me, you know, so we uh, made sure that mm -hmm. nothing got lost or anything. But mm -hmm. you, you said to me that that would be one person's job and they would spend the whole night doing these, you know, running tapes, backing up the tapes. And I thought that mm -hmm. was very interesting too. It used to be, oh, when I first started, you'd, uh, run everything to three-quarter tape or VCR tape, and then you just put your masters on the shelf. So, And then everybody would just look at VCR tapes all the time. <laughs> That's anyway. funny. Yeah, so it, it, it's, you know, like, that was fascinating for me because I had never, well, one, I'd never had that experience, but it never occurred to me that you would need all this equipment because, you know, I, I was so used to digital photography and not, you know, to, not having a large footprint with everything. So to hear you say that, it kind of, you know, I was like, oh yeah, yeah, that makes sense. Mm -hmm. You know, it might be interesting for people, if you could walk us through what happens when we do an interview. In other words, how does all this equipment get used when we're going to shoot the interview with my uncle Mariano, for example. Well, we basically set up one camera to cover him, one camera to cover the reverse, which is you, over his shoulder. And we had one, we had one light the whole time. Yvonne um, provided some lighting, and um, a lot of times we wouldn't have a lot of power to run anyway, so. We just put one light up with some what's called barn doors where essentially you can angle the light and you'd put something to diffuse the light in front of it so that it would be a softer light. Um, and then you try and use a nice background for him. I don't know. I mean, we'd be set up in 
20 minutes really once we got up there. Um, and, and no, I, I feel like it was longer than 20 minutes because you have to, you know, sur survey the room, figure out the, the shot, you know, where people are going to sit, mm -hmm. uh, what the lighting is, uh, you know, all those kind of things. So one thing that I learned from you is that you want to have a light kind of on the wall in the background so that mm -hmm. it, it really brings out that depth of field from from the cameras so that's an, mm -hmm. that's another thing that I, I think we forgot to mention about these cameras is the reason that we're using uh, the digital um, SLR cameras instead of a uh, you know video recording camera is because the look that they produce is very cinematic you know, it reproduces this um, shallow depth of field and very soft tones. And some people abuse that. But I think that, you know, in a lot of our interviews, they, they look, I mean, they came out gorgeous. Mm -hmm. Yeah, they have a very big sensor. Um, and therefore, they can get a lot of fine detail and basically give you a nice soft background. Whereas when we shoot an event, like a lot of the coverage of, you doing the different activities on the day that disappeared, then we would use Yvonne's Sony video camera because um, it's better for that because if you have such a shallow depth of field, somebody takes two feet step to the left or back and they're out of focus again. So whereas when they're sitting in the chair for an interview, um, they, you can, they can stay within the plane of focus pretty well. Yeah. So we, we go to, you know, my uncle's house set up the lighting, set up the two cameras. Uh, we get mic'd up. So I, I believe that we would give the, the person that we're interviewing the good, the lapel mic. And then we had another, a secondary mic, which is called the boom, boom mic, right? Mm -hmm. Just a shotgun mic. Shotgun mic. And, boom mic. and that you, would... Shotgun mic used as the boom. Okay. And, uh, and we'd put it in between you, and it would get your questions, and uh, and it was sort of a backup if there were hits on the lapel mic because it, I don't know, radio interference or it hit a button on his shirt or whatever. Hmm. And then then we'd have those two audios, and what were, what oh, and and the camera would record audio as well, but that is not a very good quality. But what you it's can do. It's just a reference audio that makes right. it easier to, to sync up sync the sound later on yeah so when we're in the editing room what we can do is take the the footage the video from the camera with the audio and then take the audio from the h4n and push a button and it all syncs up and then we can turn off the poor audio and use the good audio uh, and it's mm -hmm. pr it's pretty amazing the way that you know you can just kind of push a button and everything well, syncs together. But, it's a little like old time making movies where you are recording a picture and you are recording sound. And, um, and it's funny, things have kind of evolved back to that as opposed to just video cameras that keep it all together. And, yeah. So back in the day, they would... What, well, what would they do back in the day for sound? They'd have uh, you know one person who was recording sound and did you have tape decks that were recording? Um, fancy ones, yeah. Um, but I mean, and that's why you have the slates that clap is because 
when the film started. You are recording a picture. You're is literally recording 24 pictures a second on a roll of film, and you're recording sound on another device. And the only way to to make it easy to put them together is to see when you can physically see a clapboard, the point at which it touches, and you can associate that with the sound. You know those two places go together. So that's uh, that's how you sync. Yeah. And now there's software that just does it for you. Well, I hesitate with that because there's a lot of my job is syncing a lot of footage. So <laughs> some of the software does it in certain situations. Yeah. <laughs> but if you have like six cameras and audio that's more jumbled and you know not as clean as what you get in an interview, a lot of that is still done manually. But it it worked for us, you know. So yes, it did. It yeah. Did. But it, it's just, it's fascinating that we're able to, you know, that everything that we need is in a suitcase, right? And on memory it was cards. It's in a, a, a little, or good size backpack, but yeah. Yeah. And you can just take it and set up. And so, you know, I've learned enough uh, from you to do kind of my own interviews. So there's, uh, if you go to missingmila.com, I did an interview with my mother uh, up in New Hampshire. And, mm -hmm. you know, I was able to sort of replicate some of the, uh, some of the things that we did down there in a very, you know, low yeah, key you, kind of way. You shoot beautiful interviews. I, actually, one thing I wanted to make sure we get into this podcast, because I think it was, it, it's sort of the backbone of the film in some ways is, um, or it is the backbone of the film is that a lot of what you talk about is so personal and hard to get out you know you're not just you're not just like spewing it for somebody you know I don't, it's hard to get out it's personal stuff and it's emotional and and one of the things we did was basically we had a small light stand that Yvonne lent us um, that we put a china ball on and a china ball is just these you know these paper lanterns, these Jap, uh, these Japan. You know, a lot of times you see them in Chinatown or Japan, or um, they're like two dollars, and they're just big globes that have a wireframe structure. Um, and we put that on this mic stand, and we stuck it two feet in front of you, and we put the camera right next to it, and we set it up so every night you could go record essentially video diaries, and you turn the camera on, and you just process your emotions and feelings about the day for half an hour. And I thought that was, you know, the fact that you could basically do that alone means it would be a little hard because sometimes it would be hard to be like, okay, am I in the focus of the shot? We had to have, we also had a little monitor you can flip around on the camera and you can look at it and, um, and then flip it back once you start so you don't get distracted. But um, I thought that was really cool. and and. And I think from doing a lot of those, you you learned how to do interviews very well, and we all and we got very personable, you know, re, almost real time feedback on what it was like having disappeared yourself, experiencing this historic event. Um, and I think that that really was important to what we're putting into the film. Yeah, and so those. I think Diary. getting to interview people in such an intimate way and then also 
getting to, you know, really, I mean, you had a photography background, a good photography background, and you're, you know, you have an eye for it, a talent for it, but, but the fact that yeah, I could show you something for like an hour and then basically have you set up your own and, and kind of pre-rig it a little, but have you set up your own confessional booth type thing and work with it every night and that, and that it turned out really great. That was, that's a big deal and, and then getting to interview people in such an intimate way, it was a big deal. Yeah. I, I mean, and to me, that was the, the real power of the equipment. It, it's not, you know, how many megapixels the, the cameras have. It's really what it allowed us to do on one, such a small budget, and two, in such a close, uh, compact, and intimate way. So, mm-hmm. and it's amazing. Like you can literally, I think there's a Panasonic Luminix or something, one of these cameras, and it's it's. I'm not joking. It's uh, it's a little bigger than a credit card. You know, <laughs> um, and things can't only get so small. I mean, you, you could do this to some extent with your iPhone, you know. Um, you can set up and do these beautiful style interviews um, if you have a family member that you, you know, a grandparent that you want to get relay some important stories or something. Um, there's just a lot you can do with little these days. Yeah. Well, I think that is a good place to wrap it up for today. Uh, thank you so much, Lindsay, for the show idea. I hope it was interesting to everyone out there. And um, yeah, and we're, so we're, we're really working this spring on trying to bring in a lot of new voices. Um, it's it's you know we're trying to balance that with actually doing the documentary itself, but we want to bring in a lot of voices in addition to Nelson and I to hear lots of different perspectives. So yeah. if you're one of them, give us a call. Yeah. <laughs> Hope you enjoyed it out there, and uh, we'll see you next week. Bye. Bye.